You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Well, it's Friday. We are in the Farm Bureau studios. I'm Charlie Winfield. He's Bart Gregory. This is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. And Bart, do you know what this song is that is playing? Is this not Nothing Else Matters? This is Metallica. I feel like we're infringing a little bit on our good friend and host uh, bringing up music on our show. But this is, in fact, Metallica. Nothing Else Matters. And you know what? As I look at this weekend, Bart, the reason I play this as we start this show, numbers don't matter. Two players don't matter. Who graduated from Kentucky? The fact that Bear Bryant once coached there, it doesn't matter. The fact that there's a big, long string of head coaches at Kentucky and none of them could win until Mark Stoops came along, that doesn't matter. The fact that the last eight games have been won by the home team, that doesn't matter either. The only thing. The only thing that matters this weekend is that Mississippi State get a win. It is imperative. It's important. And we like to throw around phrases like must win. I want to say must win, bold underline, italics, double underline, outline font, do whatever you got to do. You got to win this football game and nothing else matters. And it doesn't matter the score. I don't care if it's 30 I don't care if we have to kick a field goal that bounces off the, the upright and caroms in at the very end. I don't care because it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I, I will take right now happily a three to two win. A two to nothing win. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to hold you to that now. I will. <laughs> I'll open up the show on Sunday with more positivity than you can imagine. <laughs> than I can imagine. But I think, look, we just got to win. We got to win a football game. And I know we like to have fun. We come in here and we do our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. We are in the Farm Bureau Studios. Last week, I think I did say Tracks Plus Studios, another infringement in that episode. But we are in the Farm Bureau Studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Health, life, fire. Auto. Auto. Just do this. If you need insurance, call them. And if they can't help you, they'll point you in the right direction. But. Odds are pretty good they can give you some help. You're going to go, a lot of you, be at high school football games on this Friday night, playoffs getting started in some of the leagues, some of the leagues just rounding it out. You'll run into a guy from Farm Bureau while you're there. Shake his hand. Tell him thank you. Go do business with him. That's our friends. At Farm Bureau, Bart, here's the bottom line, man. We like to come in here. We do our numbers. We do all these things, and I just don't have the energy. I'm prepared to do it. I can do it. I just want to talk about this football game. I want to talk about – we don't even have to talk about why it's important. Everybody knows that. I want to talk about what we have to do. I want to talk about this Kentucky team. And I want to start by telling you this, Bart. I have dug into Kentucky. I've done the deep dig on Kentucky. And you know what I think? They are a little below average. Below average? Okay. Now we bring in the real question. Because a few years ago, I referred to Missouri as vegetable lasagna. 
Kentucky seems to me a little bit better than vegetable lasagna. And, and, for and for those who don't know. For those of you who do not know, vegetable lasagna is that situation where it's not it's not good, but it ain't terrible. I mean, if you put it on my plate, I'm going to eat it. But it's not something I'm going to order at a restaurant. And so vegetable lasagna is a, eh, eh. That's kind of what – it's a Dan Mullen press conference. Eh, eh. That's what it is. And so – Kentucky, Although a lot of people look back now and remember Dan Mullen press conferences more fondly, perhaps, than they should. It's amazing what a little bit of time and separation is, isn't it? <laughs> it is. A lot of people forget how bad there were games we came in here ready to get rid of Dan Mullen, and now all of a sudden he's you wouldn't believe the number of the text. Right? Yeah, you wouldn't believe the number of text messages that I've gotten that said, "Man, you, I would love to have Dan. You need to the first call you need to make is Dan Mullen. Okay, all right. In the NIL era." I'm sure he would be a great recruiter. What about Kirby Smart calling out Mullen about thought, not liking to recruit? Which is so funny because those guys have houses like next door to each other over at Lake Oconee. You I mean, what? they hang out together in the summer, which is funny. If I could hang out at Lake Oconee all the time, I probably wouldn't want to recruit either. But that's just me. Boat life probably wouldn't be so bad. I go back to what I said about Sam Pittman. I think Sam Pittman hung out with Dan one weekend over, over at the lake and said, you know what, I like this. So I told somebody, they were like, Jimbo Fisher is on the hot seat. I'm like, what? Like, that guy wakes up today and says, if I get fired, I still got my national title, and now I got money. Here's the thing I'm going to do if I'm Jimbo Fisher. I'm not going to do anything stupid. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything. That You're brings, calling Uber. <laughs> I'm not doing driver. The morality contract is going to come nowhere near. It's almost like – it's amazing how many times you read in the papers that the guy who was the drug dealer, they got caught because the blinker was out at the four-way stop. Let me tell you, I don't know anything about that world, even though I'm, say, st- go on. I'm, still, I'm, st- I'm still listening to one thing by Sammy the Boy Gravano, which I'm pretty close to the very our end. Our thing. Our thing. But I will say this. If I were going to do something like that, I would make sure I checked my vehicle to make sure all the lights worked before I got on the road. Oh, man, you're dang right. <laughs> I'd wear a body cam even around my own house. But I'm telling you, if I'm Jimbo Fisher, I send nice emails. I talk to everybody nicely. I make sure that I have someone with me in every conversation. In every photograph, your hands are up front. Yes. I <laughs> doubt's what you were doing. Oh, man. So, hey, it's our Tracks Plus Deep Dig, Mississippi State, Kentucky, homecoming edition, Hey, we get to play at night. How about that? 6.30 game. Um, all right, so I want to talk about Kentucky a minute. Bart, I know a lot of times we say it's about us and all, but one of the things I want to talk about with Kentucky just right off the bat is they went out and they got a transfer quarterback, Devin Leary. And when I see Devin Leary, I see uh, maybe not vegetable lasagna, but a top-shelf frozen lasagna. I can get it. I, I can be there because sometimes those heat up very well. Yeah, I mean it's not Stouffer's, it's it's something a little better, right? It's it's, better. it's not the it's not the Tombstone Pizza, and it's not DiGiorno. It's like that newest thing that's out. That's like you know what this kind of tastes like pizza. I know what you're talking about. He's he's okay. I think uh, when you look at Devin Leary, Kentucky quarterback, here's here's the number one thing, and this is what you start to say. All right, what do we have to do? Devin Leary, when he is under pressure, is not good. When he is clean, he is good. Here's Devin Leary when he has been kept clean, when he has not been under pressure. He completes 66% of his passes, 
12 touchdowns, three interceptions. This is a guy in one of his seasons at NC State. He is a transfer through 25 touchdowns, only allow five picks, so he takes care of the football. Teams have not gotten him under pressure much. They rebuilt their offensive line. It's been pretty good. But in the 55 times that he's been under pressure this season, 15 completions, 27%, four touchdowns, four picks. Now let's look at Devin Leary once he's throwing the ball down the field. Throws greater than 20 yards down the field. He's just 11 of 39. Throws greater than 10. So in that 10 to 20 range, 30 of 60. He's just 50% on mid-range throws. This is a guy who's not going to throw it down the field a ton. He's not a running threat. He hadn't had more than 28 yards of offense in a game. He is, I would suggest to you by statistical comparison, a slightly better version of Peyton Thorne, who we played last week. Here's the bad news. Peyton Thorne was pretty good last week. like Tom Brady last week. (laughs) Well, I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, the last time we talked about Devin Leary when he was the quarterback at NC State. I think I remember sitting in here on that Friday deep dig, and we gave you the information early, and we hit. You know, we, we kind of look into some numbers every now and then, and we told you that NC State was going to run left. If they ran the ball, going to run left. And if they throw it, they're going to throw it right. And Devin Leary this year is not that right-handed heavy. Deep down the field on the right side, he's only two for 15. He's only two for 15 on throws over 20 yards to the right side. Two for 15. So I I get what you're saying, Charlie. Just about all the passes that he is completing is within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. All right, now let me tell you what worries me about all this. My first instinct is bring everybody up. If you want to throw it over us, go right ahead. It's not a strategy that's always played out that well for us, but it's a strategy nonetheless. How about this? Yards after catch, though, Kentucky's third in the league in league games. I'm not looking at, you know, playing Tomb Suba, okay? Third in the league in yards after the catch. They are first in the league in yards after carry when rushing the football. These guys do something with the football after it's in their hands, and maybe what you say about Leary is he just gets it to the right guy who can then do something with it. We've gone way too long, by the way, without talking about Ray Davis, the running back, and I bring the him up at this point to say this. He is second in the league in yards rushing before contact. Right? Ooh, which is completely different than Jarquez Hunter last week, who you had a difficult time bringing him down, but teams have been able to get to him early. All right, so nobody's been able to get to him. Now, here's what's even worse. He's first in the league in yards after contact. What, 500 yards, yards after contact? Yeah, so it's one of those things where, well, we don't get to him early, and and a lot of that, man, you look at that Florida game, he just made them look silly. If we don't tackle, yeah, we're, we're in trouble. We are, and, you know, he's had some success getting around the right end. Now, some of that's skewed because he had a long 55-yard run early in the year, but he's getting most of his yards, and most of his carries are either around the right end or the left end. Hey, Ray Davis is a good running back, but left guard, 14 carries. Middle left, 
you know, right beside the left center, left guard and center, only 14 carries. Just inside the, the right tackle, he's got 21 carries this year. That's it. But outside the right end, 27. Outside the left end, 31. So they're going to run stretch plays with him. And where have we had difficulties stopping the run? Hey, running up the middle, we've done a pretty good job of contain. But the pressures in this game on the outside, think back to last year. I re, you know, Think back to last year, and if you think to Ray Davis, and if we're giving the scouting report, and you ask me who my pick-to-click is going to be, I'm going to tell you Tyrus Wheat. Because Tyrus Wheat is the type of player against this style of running back is the type of defensive player you got to have. And we miss Tyrus Wheat. Is that a good analogy? It is, and we miss Tyrus Wheat. We do miss Tyrus Wheat. We miss Cam Young, Forbes, well, a lot of guys. Um, all right, Kentucky mentally, five wins to start the season. They beat Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, and Akron, yawned. That's Joe Moorhead, man. Then they beat Vandy. 45-28 in Nashville. Don't sleep on a Vandy win. Um, but then they play Florida. And they rough Florida up. Yeah. And they roughed them up big. But since then, they've had to play three ranked teams. It's four ranked teams in a row. That's Striegel in this week. Um, Florida, that we talked about that they beat. But then they lose to number one Georgia, 51-13. They lose to either a 25 or receiving votes, Missouri, however you want to look at it, 38-21. Then last week, they go play Tennessee. They get beat 33-27. to 27. Here's what's interesting to me about that game, now, it, including the fact that they hung around on the road against Tennessee. They had season highs in passing completions, passing attempts, passing yards, total plays, and first downs. Offensively, they kind of opened it up a little bit last week. Yeah, and that's what kind of scares me is – They've been waiting for the offense to get going because from a passing standpoint. And when you look at, at how Kentucky has played this year, they've relied a little bit on the running game, maybe too much at times. And then last week, it was almost like, to heck with it, we're going to throw the football. And that's what they did. They completed 28 of 39 passes last week, 372 yards. The, the, the previous high was 315 passing against Akron. I mean, he only threw for 69 yards against Florida. Devin Leary did. Devin Leary only threw for 69 yards against Florida. But last week, 372. So they're opening up a little bit more. The wide receivers have not helped them a whole lot early in the season, but they began making a lot of plays last week, and that's what kind of scares me because you, you talked about the psyche of Kentucky, about losing the last three games. But they understand what today is or tomorrow is. Well, they'd be bowl eligible. Then they go to Alabama, but then they play South Carolina and Louisville. So they could either go really well the rest of the way, or they could or they could go okay the rest of the way. You gotta factor in Alabama there. Or they could be playing out awful down the stretch. I think this is a pivotal game from for Kentucky too. Yeah, Kentucky's an old team, by the way. 17 players have already graduated. 16 new players for the transfer portal. Two quarterbacks through the portal. You're starting to see more of that. Not just teams getting a quarterback, but going in the portal and getting multiple guys, getting an older and a younger. Not a, not a bad strategy 
actually, if you want to think about it. Um, I want to talk about Mark Stoops a minute, but before we do, let's mention the fact that we are brought to you by Trax Plus. Trax Plus, located uh, throughout the state of Mississippi, and of course, TraxPlus.com. They have a heavy machinery, great service, great service center that they have in Hickory. If you have a, a breakdown on the job, they'll come out. Their service techs will come to you. But Trax Plus, the Saney excavators and mini excavators, you got the Barco equipment for the Forester, the Denny Seamoth mulching heads. But Trax Plus, it just means more at Trax Plus. And so heavy machinery, new or used, go to TraxPlus.com. I think it means more in the Big Ten right now. With uh, I bet those conference calls mean a little more. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. Man, that's some wild stuff, isn't it? It is. It really is. What about the guy being on the sideline at the Central Michigan game? It's almost sickening, man. It, it really it really is. Now, I asked you a couple of weeks ago why I should be so worked up about it. But, I mean, there is a complete disregard for the law in this deal. <laughs> I mean, a complete disregard. So, this guy listened to the podcast, Wolves Among Us. There yeah. was a complete disregard for the yeah, law. he wasn't worried. Um, that's interesting you say that. There's actually some parallels. Highly intelligent, obviously. And doing really dumb things. Well, there's a lot of people like that. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Hey, Mark Stoops a minute, Kentucky's head coach, his 11th season. He was a coordinator. He was a defensive coordinator at Florida State and at Arizona. And you have to wonder how much his last name helped him get that job. That's not to say he didn't do a good job at Florida State. He did. Not to say he didn't do a good job at Arizona. Well, well, uh, I guess he did. But the point of it is being a Stoops helps, but he's paid off. Hiring a coordinator there paid off. How about this? You have to go back to Blanton Collier, who coached at Kentucky from 54 to 61, to find a prior head coach who had a winning record. You remember Bill Curry? You know, Bill Curry liked to get on ESPN and tell us all how smart he was. Remember when Bill Curry called out Joe Judge, by the way? The Alabama game. <laughs> I knew when he body slammed the guy. Yeah. I was standing like 15 feet away from when that happened. So I didn't hear it when it first happened, but I actually went back and watched the game just to see Joe body slam the guy over the bench. <laughs> and then Bill Curry laying into him. Uh, so Bill Curry, seer of seer, prognosticator of prognosticators, was 26 and 52. He won a third of his games. How mummy. Everybody likes to think about Hal Mummy and the air raid and all those things. And he did bring some excitement to Kentucky football, 20 and 26. Then you had the Joker Phillips error, 13 and 24. Error or error? Error. Now, Rich Brooks did a pretty good job up there. 39 and 47. Rich Brooks was 39 and 47? Yeah, so he was pre-Joker Phillips. Right. And then you bring in Mark Stoops. And Stoops, his first year goes 2 and 10, 0 and 8 in the league. But then he wins 5, 5, 7, 7, 10, 8, 5, 10, and 7. He's going to seven straight bowls. And you have to wonder if Stoops benefits from being at a basketball school because you go 2, 5, 5 out of the gate. It's tough. Even coming on the heels of Joker Phillips, it's tough to stick around and get a chance to win the 7. You know, when I think of, uh, when I think of this whole situation that they have at Kentucky – and it's not an easy situation that Mitch Barnhart has as the athletic director. How many times, let me ask you this, how many times do you think you have heard, I'm not talking about this 
this year's coaching staff. I'm just talking about in general. How many times have you ever heard a Mississippi State coach take shots at another Mississippi State coach? Ever? I can't think of any. I mean, there's something between Calipari and Mark Stoops going on at all time. Well, I, for one, have a really hard time believing that anyone could find an error, a fault, in that paragon of virtue, John Calipari. <laughs> well, I mean, Calipari, I mean, he tells everybody it's a basketball school. and There's a lot of people on the outside thinking it's a basketball school. And so then all of a sudden you've got to recruit guys to Kentucky, and they know it's a basketball school. It's probably the only place in the SEC where it's that situation. I mean, Missouri was good at basketball a long time ago, but it ain't Kentucky-esque. All right, so I told you coming into this that I don't want to do our three numbers. I don't want to do our two players. Not exactly, but as you look at this game, what are some things that jump out at you in terms of here's something interesting about this team or here's something to watch out for? All right, here's um, the first thing I think of when I think of this football game. Everybody talks about us defensively from a standpoint of giving up yards defensively as far as passing. When you start thinking about completion percentage against our defense, and this is just numbers. Sometimes it's it's not about – we talk about it all the time in the postgame show. This is not about emotion. Let's talk about facts. There are only three teams in college football right now that are giving up 70% completion percentage. Nevada is giving up 70.5. They're 128. 129 is Colorado State, 71.9. And out of the 130 teams in Division I football, defensive completion percentage, Mississippi State is 72.9. So what you're saying is our pass defense – is the Mississippi State three-point shooting of a year ago. Yes. Uh, so it has not been, as they say, very good at all. But Kentucky is 126th in the country. They've allowed 68.9% completion percentage. Now, I'm not saying we go four wide receivers at all because I don't know Will if Will Rogers is going to play. I'm operating on the assumption – that if he does play, it would be a complete surprise, and I'm thinking Mike Wright, whatever. I don't know. I have no idea on this deal. So I'm not saying you go four wide receivers with Mike Wright, but I'm just saying this team has not defended the pass at all this year. All right. So isn't that really a, a problem of weakness against weakness? I mean, our weakness with Mike Wright in the football game is throwing it. And when you start to look for opportunities, do you adjust – to try to play to your weakness because it is theirs? Or you get where I'm going? Oh, I know exactly. Do we do what we do well? But yeah. what is that? I mean. Well, yes. <laughs> so, go on. I'm listening. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, is, is tomorrow the guy they've had? And that's the problem their wide receivers have had this year and why they've had difficulties in the passing game. One is Leary has not been great. Two, they've been running the football a lot. And three, their wide, their wide receivers have not been getting open. So what does that lead into tomorrow? Teams have been kind of getting open against our secondary. Um, you t- start talking about weakness and <laughs> what's your strengths. I, t- I don't know. I don't know what the answer is for, for tomorrow, what you do offensively. And I think Woody Marks plays a lot into this too. Do you get Woody Marks back? If you don't get Woody Marks back, are you relying on a short passing game with Tulu? Xavion Thomas, you got him involved more last week? I don't know. So, let's flip the page a minute, look at our defense. 
We talked about, I think, the weakness of Kentucky throwing the ball down the field. They don't do that well. Uh, but here's what I thought. We, a lot of times we get talking about what a balanced offense means. Is it yards per game? Is it People make up numbers. But I thought this jumped out at me. On running plays, Kentucky averages 6.6 yards a carry. On passing plays, they average 6.8 yards an attempt. So basically, this is a team that can run it, they can throw it, and they're going to be a little over 6.5 yards on average, whichever they pick. The other thing that jumped out at me is this, and the reason that matters to me is there's not an obvious glaring weakness there other than, like I said, throwing deep. They have the lowest negative play rate, excuse me, a lower negative play rate significantly than us. Um, they're in the top four or five in the SEC, depending on how you want to cut the numbers, we're 10. Going back to your vegetable lasagna, Devin Leary, Kentucky offense, aren't they j- – I mean, whatever you want to pick, they're a little better than us. That 38% of their drives end in scores. 28% of ours do, which ain't good. But aren't they just – They're okay. They're okay. Which which makes it a little frustrating, to be they're honest. They're the best of the worst, the worst of the best. I mean, they're just kind of – but. But that's the way Auburn was. That's the way Arkansas was. That's the way Kentucky is. And I think that's the thing. one of the things that's kind of frustrating is the league is not great this year. The league ain't great. They beat Florida. Florida ain't great. I mean, you look at the five teams they beat. Who out of the five wins that they have do you say is a signature win? It ain't Ball Bandy. State. It what ain't, are you talking about, man? It ain't Ball State. It ain't Eastern Kentucky, which they barely won 28-17. Akron. Vandy, Florida. I mean, it ain't a whole lot there. Hey, I mean, we got a better win than they got. Well, that's true. Arizona. Of course, Fafita wasn't playing against us. Okay, well, don't, don't I mean, ruin it for everybody. I don't mean to put the asterisk by it. Um, I think this goes back to earlier I talked about I would take a 3-2 win. This, is gonna be a, this has a potential to be a boring football game. When you look at number of plays run per game, I think we're slow. Like, I don't think we play up-tempo no. under anybody's definition. They run two fewer plays per game than we do. Well, and I know going back to the point of throwing the ball and, you know, what you want to say if you're operating on a, you know, Nintendo 64 right now is said, hey, let's come out and let's run up-tempo. Let's throw the ball all over the field. Hey, this team doesn't defend the pass real well. But – if you come out and you throw three straight incompletions, which can happen very easily, you know what they're going to do? They're going to pound it. They're going to play ball control. And what's the thing about our defensive line? We ain't deep. We get tired. We get The last thing you want to do in this football game, because Mark Stoops will do it, is just to let them play keep away. And I think, I think that has to be their game plan. I also think, though, He's a guy that's going to be willing to punt the football. You know, they've gone for it six times on fourth down this year. They've only gotten one. So, not a team you expect to come out and see just, you know, hey, let's uh, let's get crazy and go for it on our own 20. But I think the thing that scares me is exactly what you just said, that we see a very boring, hand it to the running back, throw it a little ways, and in the fourth quarter, Van, excuse me, Kentucky, by the way, has struggled on third-down conversions in the fourth quarter of games this year, just 
But doesn't this game set up differently for them? Isn't this the game? You look at their offensive line. They went out and got transfers from Alabama, USC, Ohio State, West Virginia. Doesn't it look like this is going to be the game if it goes Kentucky's way where our defensive line is just kind of gasping in the fourth? Oh, yeah. I'm having nightmares of Chris Rodriguez from three years ago where they ran that dude 18 times. All right, we talked about being in the Farm Bureau studios and also about this is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. and We normally have the two players to watch. We just went over that a few minutes ago. But our two players that can smoke here are normally brought to you by Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Two Brothers Smoked Meats on University Drive, a great place to – Pre-game tomorrow, if you're getting into town early, go to Two Brothers, watch all the afternoon games, just walk down university to the football game tomorrow night. Don't worry with bringing your own tailgate stuff. Just let them do the tailgating for you right there at the bar. Just watch all the TVs as that's at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. And also, Charlie, earlier today I had an opportunity doing something that was really cool. They had a ribbon cutting for a facility down in Quitman, Mississippi for Howard Technologies, or that was actually Howard Industries, but Howard Technology Solutions, just amazing how this company continues to grow. So see how they can help you with with your sound system, with your computer system, with your computer security, with your security for your building, just to make sure nobody's trying to break in. Go to howardcomputers.com to see how they can help you. What do they got on pass coverage? What does Howard have on pass coverage? Yeah, I think we can call up and get overnighted here's what we need to do they got all kind of technology i mean this cat this dude who was going to central michigan home football games and standing on the sideline in chippewa's gear with nike shoes rather than adidas this guy this guy went to the dick sporting goods and got a cmu hat to stand on the sideline so he could get the play calls from michigan state on the other on the other side of the field all right we need to get Howard to start flying some drones. There we go. At other places. That's what we need to do. We'll just we'll figure it out from a technology standpoint. We're not going to send individual people to get it. We're going to start sending technologies with drones and robots. That's what Howard could do for us. Well, we could use it. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping maybe somebody down there still had some eligibility and we could Maybe suit them up. Have you seen Kyle? Kyle, Kyle's a big dude. He can Michael, still go. Michael was an offensive lineman as well. I mean, you got some. You got some guys. I think could help us. So, all right. I I really don't mean to be a downer here today, and I hope I haven't come across that way by forsaking the normal approach. Just felt like this was a ball game where I don't think a whole lot of numbers really matter. I mean, we can give them. I can talk about them. I don't think people care about the numbers. They just care about the win. I think that's where we are. And look, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we are. You know what else people think about? It's how they look. And so on the way to the game tomorrow, you think about that interlocking polo, that interlocking three-quarter zip, go to Maroon and Company. Or you can go to maroonandco.com. They'll ship it to you. They got the interlocking MSU gear. They got the 98 team coming in, 25-year reunion. I saw Coach Jackie Sherrill earlier today. They're going to honor, honor the team on the, the field during the game. And so the 98 team back in town. And so get you some of that good interlocking MSU swag at Maroon and Company. Hey, some of the uh, 2013 baseball players in town this weekend. Yes. And, uh, man, 
Any of their old coaches here? No, the old coaches are not here. And, and so that's a good good point. Is um, I actually talked to, to Greg Dry, who's an op scout at Auburn. Greg's a good friend of mine. But Auburn is playing baseball tomorrow against La Tech, which is funny enough. Lane Burroughs are a good friend. They're playing down in Biloxi in a fall ball game. So Butch and Dry will not be here. I don't think Nick is going to be here. Well, Nick may be here. I'm not sure. I know Nick Amorati is going to be here. He's an assistant coach at, at uh, Kentucky. Okay. And so, but, uh, yeah, I saw the list of all the guys coming in. I talked to Kendall. Let's see, Hunter's back. Adam Frazier, Alex Detz. Wes Ray's here. Wes Ray is here. Chad Gerardo. I mean, I just go through the whole list. Sam Frost. Sam's back. Ross Mitchell. Uh, did not see Luis. We talked to Luis Polyarena a couple of years ago. Didn't see Luis on the RSVP list. but uh, C.T. Bradford. I'm not sure if I saw CT or not, but most of those guys are coming back. Demarcus Henderson. Every time I think about Demarcus Henderson, I think of him diving head first into the back of the bullpen mound at LSU. Hey, th- and which signifies something. Those guys went 180 miles an hour on everything they do, and I think it was that group of baseball guys that taught me that there is a big difference when you start talking about good and great in sports about that team was the greatest bunch of guys to hang out with, whether you're going hunting or fishing or just talking. But when they step between the lines, I don't think I've ever seen a more competitive team that just wanted to beat the dog out of you. I think that's what I, I that's what I remember about that team, which made it so cool. All right, so you say that. When I look at one of the things that gives me hope for baseball this season is meeting some of these young guys. When you meet these young guys, there's a lot of that in them. They've got a little little edge to them, and, and I mean that in the best way. But, hey, speaking of meeting guys, tomorrow, right by MacArthur Dorms. This is the northwest corner. It's the old athletic dorm. I think architecture building across the street there. Bulldog Initiative will have a tent there, and we're going to have the women's basketball team, 245 to 315, signing autographs, taking pictures. They got a split pretty quick after that because of uh, some different things they've got going on. Men's team be a group of men's players there, I think at four o'clock, and then another one four forty-five. Maybe it's three thirty to four, and then four forty-five to five fifteen. They have something they have to do as a team in that gap there, but have some players in and around signing autographs. So come by and look for that. All right, Bart, I got to do this. Give me one number. Give me one number for tomorrow. Well, I was actually going to come out of the gate with 68.9, which was the completion percentage against. That's what Kentucky's defense is giving up, 68.9% completion percentage of the other team's offenses. I think if we throw the ball tomorrow, we got to be effective. I think we've got to complete 70% of our passes in this game tomorrow. And I know that is asking a lot. But 68 is the average. So that means somebody else has done better than 68. Tomorrow, I'm saying we need 70% completion percentage to stay on the field. All right, here's my number, and this is where you're going to want to laugh at me. And, again, I'm not saying I'm predicting this. What I am saying is you're going to have to do this to win the football game. One of two things. Remember how you gave the either one time? Either or. Yeah. Yeah. One of these has to be true. I'm going to say these. One of these has to be true. Either. 
Devin Leary is held to 50% completions. Ooh. Or we have two interceptions. So you're going with the uh, Arizona Jaden DeLara method yeah. of madness here. Yeah. Okay, it's okay to throw it, but uh, some of those got to come our way. How many interceptions have we had in the last five games? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Um, well, we had one with Sean Preston up at Arkansas. We then, did. Yeah. Okay. It's not a lot. We had most of our interceptions against Jaden DeLara. Against Jaden DeLara. Um, I just don't feel, and I hate to say this, I don't think. Now, look, again, home teams won last eight. To me, that means nothing. It means, I agree. Last year, again, last year doesn't matter. The teams are so, so different. I don't think, as much as I'm not impressed by Kentucky, I don't think we line up and just beat them good old-fashioned head-to-head football. Kentucky, throughout this year, has won the turnover battle. They've been able to run the football. I think that's what gives them an advantage. I'm going to do away with the interception number. we got to have fumble recoveries or interceptions, but we have to get two turnovers, in my opinion, to win. This will only be the second time this year that they played on grass. Played on grass at Georgia. That was it. Played all their home games. They played against Vanderbilt and Nashville. They played, excuse me, yeah, played on against Vanderbilt and Nashville. They played Missouri on the road on turf. They played at home against Tennessee on turf. They've only played one game on grass this year. Now, it's, what's the impact from that? The impact on that is? Footing. Could be footing. Some guys, it's in the back of their mind about, you know, how they cut. Could that be something? It could. Who knows? If you see the turf monster jump up a couple times tomorrow, that may be it. Well, I just am I crazy to think we have to have turnovers to win? No, I think you're there, which uh, which kind of signifies just about how desperate this game is. When you're starting to look for for turnovers against Kentucky to win ball games, we got to have some positivity happening. It's like positivity that I have in my kitchen every day. Would unpack the country pleasing sausage. All right, I like it. Yeah, you, know, you put it over there in the skillet, let it sizzle. Actually, some people can do it two ways. One is is you can leave it in like the the whole log of the sausage, mm-hmm. whatever, and you can put it in the oven. I don't do that. Now, or you can go ahead and cut it up, pre-cut it, and then put it in the skillet. All right. So when you cut country pleasing, do you just do like? I don't split the middle. Okay, yeah, that was that's the way. I'm making I'm making like the little nickels. That's how I like it. Yeah, the medallions. Yeah, that's how I go. Hey, so if I were to go down to their butcher shop, do they do bacon? Oh yeah. And then my question is, have you seen the new? Like more and more people are cooking their bacon in the oven. I'm fine with that. Are you? Takes it a while. Bacon does come out pretty good though. It does come out pretty good. The whole key is is if if you have something like another pan to put on top of the bacon to like keep it smushed down and then you continue to bake it. I like crispy bacon. I don't I don't like I don't like chewy bacon. I'm a crispy bacon guy. I'm team crispy. So on a one to five scale, five being burnt, I'm a three and a half. Five three and a half I'm a four. Okay. I'm a four. Now, burnt bacon's awful. Hey, I may go 4.3. I may be at a 4.3 here. I mean, I like that, you know, when you start crackling it up and putting in your grits, I mean, I want to. I've never had bacon in my grits. Get out of here. That door is there. All right. I'm going to think this through. All right. Anything else we need to cover? I don't think so. I will say this. 
I feel like I'm making these guys out to be the you are, and okay, and I'm the new I sounded, Patriots or something. I know, and I, and and we're going a different route today without numbers, and this is kind of a Sunday coffee type feel where we're just talking about the ball game and about how big this is. And I try to stay away from being preachy, and I think I did a pretty good job of that on Sunday. But I here, wouldn't say pretty good. Well, I did. Uh, well, I did pretty. Say so you stayed in the contest. Yeah, and so I'm about to be. Um, I'm about to be a little preachy right now, from a standpoint of I talked to a number of people who went to Auburn last week, and I understand it was 11 a.m. or 2:30, 2:30 kickoff, and it was not a night game. And I had several people tell me exactly the same thing, that, hey, I came to Auburn, I went through the tailgating, actually tailgated with some people, went to the game. And compared to ours, it was like going to see Kenny G versus going to see an ACDC concert. Maybe not ACDC, but they were just talking about when how. When you woke up this morning, did you expect to come to the Tracks Plus Deep Dig and talk about Kenny G? No, I did not. But from what I understand, I mean, it was a lot of clapping. It was it was not a, it was not the raucous. And I think one of the things we do as a Mississippi State fan is we kind of take for granted. I know I do. I know I do, until I go somewhere else. And you understand that I know you get six, seven, eight of these, and I know the football is not going the way of a lot of people right now. But let me tell you this. Coming into our stadium, and when you talk to people across the country, it is different. It's it's a different deal here, and it's a different deal at night. And I know some of you may be sitting on the fence, and I know it's junior weekend for hunting, and I know there's a thousand other excuses but that's one of the cool things that we get to do in Starkville, Mississippi. You see big-time college sports, and you only get to do it six, seven, eight times a year from a football standpoint. And this place is different. It is completely different coming to one of our games than going to a stadium that even that may sit 80,000 people. And so I don't know if it's the cowbells. I don't know what it is about our fans, but I'm just saying it's different. And so if you're thinking about not coming tomorrow – let me tell you this. It's it's cooler sometimes. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's cooler than we make it out to be. It's a pretty good situation and a pretty good game day. Well, a really good game day that we have here that's really special. You know, I've been to several. Went to Florida State. Was very disappointed. Wasn't impressed. I, if you could make one change to our game day experience, what is it? <laughs> you know, back in the old days, we used to kid Chad Thomas about we wanted the flyovers to time out perfect. We always seemed like you know, Chad was like, in the national anthem's playing, and all of a sudden got people on the field. They're doing the <laughs> that last guys hold that note. Yeah, as hard as here he comes can. Doc Focus on flying over. Sock with camel. He's waving at the crowd, <laughs> and, and so let's, let's just hey, let's time up the let's time up these things up, or or you know your yeah, you Fogel know, song thought he was giving us a gift by flying that plane over. Yeah, it took the I'm doing this for you. It took the uh-huh. entire national anthem for him to fly from the south to the north. <laughs> He's going forty five like miles an hour, <laughs> waving out. <laughs> He's got the leather on on the ears and you know. <laughs> the goggles. Uh, so I'll give you mine. The change that I would make is I don't need anybody with a microphone ever, 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 now or in the future or in the past, to tell me that the west side is maroon <laughs> and the east side is white and that it's time for the maroon white cheer. You know, use a sign. Grab a towel. <laughs> Just point in that direction. 
we've been around the block a time or two. I think we <laughs> can snorted. nail. I think we can nail maroon and white. And uh, if we can't, if we can't, then we deserve the worst fan experience. It deserves to be bad. But if you have to facilitate the maroon white cheer, you've really lost. Well, and I, I'm not getting into negativity here, and that's kind of why I'm not. Uh, but I do remember the times when we play Kentucky, 2004. So it's been a long, long time. 19 years ago, the week after we beat Florida, Jarius Norwood ran that long run. The last time, by the way, that the goalposts came down at Scott Field because the next week we had the retractable goalpost, which would have been the Kentucky game. The next week, Titus Brown, the pride of Northport, Alabama, sneaks into the backfield with a sack and a safety. And the crowd is into it. We have won the week before, and now we're playing Kentucky. We get a safety early in the game. And during the timeout before the kickoff, we've paved paradise, and we put up a parking lot. We played Big Yellow Taxi. Did we really? Yes, sir. I'll never forget that. Yeah, the the music that I got, you know, a little <laughs> bit this year in baseball, I used to kind of get hung up on uh, ABBA. Give me a man after midnight. You know, it doesn't seem like the <laughs> give me, give me, give me a man after midnight. Hey, let's go to the stretch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. All right. So that's mine. Um, and in fact, I think that may become a campaign platform for me. This is the broom white cheer? Yeah. Just, I don't mind the cheer. Yeah. Just I, don't tell I, me I how just, to do it. I don't need, I don't need guidance. Yep. That much I can handle. But hey, all right, Mississippi State, Kentucky, I'm um, sorry if we seem a little casual today, but I just don't care about numbers. I just care about winning. We're going to be back Sunday either way. We could be back here. My, You know what my hope is? My hope is that I'm back here on Sunday talking about a win, even if I have to say, you know, I told you I'd be good with an ugly win, and I still am. Oh, yeah. Hey, we were. I was fine with the Arkansas win. And it doesn't get more ugly. We can get more ugly than that. So you got to work at it. Got to work to be a little bit more ugly than that. All right. Hey, thanks for hanging out, and we will see you on Sunday. Yeah.